Balotelli. Aguero! I swear you'll never see anything like this ever again. Gavin keeps it. Skill on goal. Look at that pass. Hayden! Goal! Columbus! There are things on here for the USA. Can they do it here? Cross and Dempsey is denied again. And Donovan has scored! Oh, can you believe this? Go, go, USA! This is the beautiful game. Oh, it's incredible! Described by two uglies. Stupendous! Welcome to Bone and Beam United. This is a thing of genius. Happy Soccer Podcast Day. What is up? I am Bone. And I am Beam. And uh, yeah, sorry we haven't been here for the last few weeks, but we're back, baby. We're back. And the only reason we came back was because of Sheriff. Yes. That is that is the only reason we're doing the podcast. There's nothing else to talk about. Neither of the other teams we like did anything of note recently. Mm-hmm. So all we're here to talk about is the t- little tiny town or team or whatever of Sheriff. And I got to tell you, Beamer, I had no idea until this week that I really have a problem with my Moldovan geography. Like, I consider myself to be somewhat okay with a map. Yeah. I don't consider myself to be someone who's like, if you show me a map of the 50 states and it's blank, I wouldn't know where any of them are. Like, I think I'm good with that. I thought I was pretty good with European countries, but turns out anything like east of Italy, it's going to be real touch and go for me. <laughs> That's pretty real amazing. Touch and well, go. you know what? So. The way that I always do this, like, oh, I'm okay at geography. It's, uh, so as you, I, I don't know if listeners know this, but I think you know this. My wife and I try to watch Jeopardy every single night. Um, and I'm pretty good at the geography categories, like when they get into like bodies of water and like all that different things. Um, so I'm okay when it comes to worldwide geography. Um, Europe, especially, I feel like I'm pretty good. What you have to remember once you get past Italy, Bone, so you've got the Amalfi Coast that is on the, east side of italy which splits the adriatic of course right Right. next to that right across the adriatic from them you get the dalmatian coast which is croatia so then you get into your serbia's your your bosnia and herzegovina like montenegro kosovo albania north north got yeah north macedonia like that's all next to croatia okay and then you have the three big countries that are like the giant roadblock. You've got Poland, Slovakia, and Hungary. And then when you get into that, you get into like your Eastern Bloc Russian countries of like Moldova, Ukraine, Romania, Bulgaria, and all that. So that's yeah, yeah. that's how you kind of remember the big three block of Poland, Slovakia, and Hungary. And then you move to like your giant countries. All right. Then riddle me this. I'll see how good you are because okay. now I'm looking at a map. Okay. What large European city is across a body of water from the northern border of Estonia? So this is not an Estonian city. Another big European city is across a body of water. It is north, the northern border of Estonia. If you were standing on a beach there, you'd look across and you would see what city okay so estonia is right next to russia and it's like yes, way it's, way up there it's up there and then you have norway which is the f- westernmost nordic mm-hmm. country then you have sweden and then you have finland on the easternmost most nordic country uh-huh. so my guess is probably helsinki ding 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 you didn't know look, that i was a european geography you. expert look did at you, you. 
Now, if you had asked me that question, I would have farted and passed out. <laughs> well, you so do that's, that anyway. That's, so it doesn't matter for asking me about regular, geography. That's my regular Thursday morning. That's <laughs> what I do. Anyway, I actually right, just so. study European maps like all day. If you didn't know that, I'm a <laughs> big good. big cartography guy. Well, that's the thing. European soccer allows for some geography lessons. So there we go. We thought we'd we'd start off with some educational stuff today, but uh, and all yeah. of our listeners, all four of them, they've are, all tuned out, are passed out. Now, right. Yes, mostly so, drunk, probably. Anyway, congrats to uh, Sheriff from Moldova because they won a Champions League game, and it was shocking, and rightly so. So anyway, I didn't even know about their team, but now I do, and now I'm like fully invested in them winning. Which probably won't happen again. I mean, but. it's pretty amazing when you look at this story. Have you? Did you look up like background information on them too? No, I didn't. No, I just okay. know that I've never heard of them in all the years of watching Champions League. And maybe that's just because I'm stupid. Maybe they were great and I didn't know it. No, but I don't recall ever hearing of them. Correct. So, yes. so they've never been in Champions League before. This is the first thing that they've ever done. Uh, and I actually was doing the same thing. I'm like, who is this team, Sheriff, and why are they like? making fun of u.s culture with a sheriff logo on it like in your like you know it's just it was just right, very right. what is this right i'm like all right so i'm gonna do some digging on it well apparently this team was founded their owners are ex-kgb members they just decided that they wanted to own a soccer club they win the league that they are in in moldova they get invited to the champions league Obviously, the big tie against Real Madrid. It's amazing. Um, but, yeah, they're owned by ex-KGB members, apparently, uh, right? You put the air quotations in there and the air marks. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's – I don't know. It's it's kind of stunning. Like, at one point, you're cheering for them, and then the other one, you're like, yeah. I don't really, X, I don't really know what's KGB, going on. Huh? Yeah, ex-KGB, not active. X-KGB. X, no. they're fine. They're good guys. <laughs> yeah, there's no there's no actual KGB, right? So uh, that's Teddy KGB. Now. They obviously took down Real Madrid. Unbelievable volley. Um, I don't even know the guy who scored, but whatever. It's irrelevant at this point because they went into the Bernabeu and they beat one of the best teams of all time. Um, So the crazy thing about this is that I've looked up their wages as well, according to Transfermarkt. Take a stab at what Real Madrid's like starting eleven costs, like just transfer wise. Oh, take a God. take a take a stab uh, at that. Hundreds of millions of dollars, I'm guessing. Yes. So their transfer budget, not transfer budget, but their starting eleven value, according to Transfermarkt, is four hundred and ninety-five million pounds. Okay, mm-hmm. four hundred and ninety-five million that's, pounds, almost a half a billion, more than a, more than a half a billion dollars. Okay, sounds very sustainable and like it will never crash and burn. But go ahead, Sheriff. This team that just beat them in their own stadium, take a stab at what their starting eleven cost was. Four hundred and ninety-five dollars. No, it's a little bit more than that. <laughs> but theirs was six, six million pounds. Wow. Compared to 495 That's... million. Bone, they went off before the game as a 27 to 1 underdog to win it. We could be looking at the largest single game upset. It was the single largest single single game largest upset in Champions League history. It was amazing. That's incredible. And uh to put that in perspective from an MLS side of things, like Lucas Zellerayan was paid more to come here to Columbus. Yeah. One player for the crew was paid more than all the transfer budget for the team that went in and upset Real Madrid. So, yeah, that's pretty amazing. That's that's incredible. Um all right. Let's let's talk about the crew because uh we have the Campionas Cup. Yeah. Which was handed out at the lower.com field. There's a trophy already been presented on the field. Thank so you, the Dong. Seat, 
the <laughs> Dong Arbor was there to present it. And uh, before we get into all the other stuff with this game, I just want to say to the Haslam family, way to go. Like, I saw they were both there, uh, you know, Jimmy and D Sitting across the aisle from each other is their trouble in paradise, though. Not no, next to each other, not holding maybe. hands. I don't know. Maybe I'm just they, saying. I mean, is this, maybe, a, is this a rumor starting podcast? Maybe maybe it's like, look, he's he's like, D, I'm going to go talk to my people. You talk to your people. And yeah, we'll meet, you know we'll meet where we'll, match. You know where we shall meet is in the boudoir mm-hmm. after pilot after J, every- pilot flying J shower. All <laughs> the recommended choice. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. So I will give them credit, though, because trophy celebrations and the way it should be done and the way it is done in soccer and the way it should be also done, quite frankly, in the NFL and everywhere else is the owners do not need to be handed the trophy. thousand percent. I don't need the owners paid a lot of money to have a team. They paid a lot of money to have a stadium. They paid them a lot of money to do all this other stuff. But the team, blood, sweat, and tears is what got the job done. Mm Because all these other owners across the league also paid money to have teams. And those players, just for whatever reason, either weren't good enough or they couldn't get it together. And in most other competitions, obviously, this is just a one-off thing. But the point being, the owners don't have – they have as much to do with it you know, as far as like all these owners do, they paid the money, but the players are the difference makers. So let the players celebrate the thing they just won. The owners will have plenty of time to look at that trophy. I'm guessing today, if Jimmy Haslam's like, hey guys, I want to take that trophy home for a couple of days. If you don't yeah, mind. You got it, boss. Yeah. Like that's you. You can have it whenever you want. You can take it on a private jet. You own the trophy. Actually, it's yours. Right, it's yours. It's yours. But that's like that's the level of confidence you have when you're a billionaire and you own a team is like, yeah, I don't need to get it first because it's mine. I, I have it. I don't Sharing ever is worry caring. about it. Yeah. Let the players have that moment. It was good to see. And they did that with the MLS Cup, too, mostly. I mean, D got out of the way for MLS Cup and was like, hey, this is theirs. Yeah, they literally right. like presented it to her, right? If I'm, if yeah. I'm, if I'm she, running it back in like, my mind and she like tried to get out of there as it. fast as possible. She yeah. I don't think she even touched it. I yeah. think she just pointed to Jonathan Metz and was like, this yeah, is yours, you take it. Yeah. And so I, I just want to, you know, now we have it a couple times to see them hoisting trophies. Like, good reminder. That's the way it should be done. So well done by them. Let's talk about the Campionis Cup itself. How excited were you for this, Beamer, when they when – they, hoisted the trophy what did you feel what what course through your body it was pretty amazing man so i had a great i had a just a fantastic day yesterday soccer podcast day thursdays uh crew hoist the campiones cup on wednesday so i was down at zaftig for the uh midday champions league games and uh, our good friend patrick murphy of massive report was down there and we were watching manchester united together so we had a fantastic time doing that uh, a little sidebar too uh meredith has decided now to come to the bar and watch and she's like way more into soccer than it was if we're just watching it at home so it's very good i feel like we've got another one on board of the soccer train uh which is fantastic to see and i absolutely love that so uh you know as pat and i were talking kind of getting geared up for the game uh, a couple of people came in there in crew shirts and started having conversations they were going to head down uh to the ldc which was going to be tremendous and like going into the night i'm like yeah you know it was last time we recorded this podcast due to technical issues that we've been having at the radio station not just podcasting recording uh abilities uh we both said right heading into the game like doesn't matter this this cup doesn't matter this trophy doesn't matter it's a don garber spinoff and just a total cash grab well as we got closer and closer to kickoff man there was a really cool vibe like in the city actually because we were downtown uh we saw a bunch of crew fans getting ready to head into the stadium or you know around about the stadium I mean, this was about five o'clock five thirty in the afternoon everybody was you know filling their bellies up before heading in there uh and so as we got closer and closer to the game i'm like you know what damn it 
I'm going to change my opinion on this. Like, I don't care if it's for a nothing cup, if it's a fake trophy, if it just got installed three years ago. History's got to start somewhere, man. And so why not have it be us instead of them? So I was actually pretty keyed up heading into the game. Obviously, the game gets going. Lucas scores. Not really. Defender heads it in on an own goal. Uh, And then they just played stalwart defense the entire time, man. So I was pretty juiced up about this. I know that I was, you know, tweeting you last night. Like, I stayed up. Usually my bedtime is like 8, 8.30 because I've Mm got to get up at the butt crack of dawn. I stayed up until 10, 10 10.30, having a great time last night, enjoying all the scenes. Like, it was pretty amazing. Yeah. It it was – you know what? I enjoyed the game itself. Uh, Like I said, I – I don't think, and, and and the crew did not. I mean, you know, Jossie, they they sat him out, mm-hmm. right? He didn't even play. And, you know, I, I think there's something to the, the the standard of trying to make sure you preserve some guys and have them ready for the true games that matter to me, which are, you need to make the playoffs, yeah. man. Like, what I what I liked about last night was this team clearly did not, I mean, like, you know, Ailey Rooms got the injury, so he's not playing. Um, so Evan Bush got out there and I thought played well. I think he played really well. Yeah. It's good to know. It's good to see you got a great secondary backup keeper whenever the time comes, if it does, or if a room's going to be out for an extended amount of time, good. Then let's, you know, you know, you've got someone here who's ready to jump in and be, and be there and can, you can rely on him. The other thing I'll say is defensively going to three in the back. That's a new look for the crew. And it looks pretty tremendous. Yeah, I mean, well, let's let's be honest. There were some hiccups because there were some moments you can easily say Cruz Azul had two or three gift-wrapped opportunities. They just botched completely, mm-hmm. especially start of the second half. They had one right. Yeah. At, I mean, it was there there were there were plenty of moments where they could have easily tied that game up, but that's the reality. You got to you got to take your chances and actually bury them. And defensively, other than a few big moments that I thought were a little shaky, by and large, the fact that they went out in a championship match, whatever you want to call this Campionis Cup, the fact they went out with a new uh, strategy and it didn't completely fail, it worked pretty well, that's going to give these guys confidence. Mm-hmm. And I heard Josh Williams talking about it after the game. Like, yeah, now we, we practice this, but because of injuries or COVID or guys being out, like we haven't had a chance to try it in a game. And now we did and we won and we kept a clean sheet. Like, that's going to give them the confidence if it has to be deployed in the playoffs at some point or if they hopefully, get there, or on the way, the right? Playoffs, yeah. Like if there's a chance where that's just what they decide to run out for the next few matches, even whatever, like now there's going to be this extra tactical thing that they can throw at teams and say, oh yeah, we're just going to switch up the way we play or at halftime, we're going to switch it up, which I know they've done this a little bit before because of substitutions, but to start off that way, I think that that gives another extra layer to what the crew can do. So yeah, man, the biggest thing for me taking away from this is confidence. You know, if they can if they can keep the confidence level up, they've won a couple games, they've just got this trophy. If that allows them to continue to have the confidence to eventually get into the playoffs, I, I'll say this, man. I don't understand the people who have said, like, oh, we'll get in the playoffs. You only have like a one percent chance of winning. It's like, have you have you met this team? Like the whole reason I've been mad about their performance this year is because they are killers once they get into these type of games. Yeah, once it matters, look at the record. <laughs> They're pretty good once they get into these type of games. They're, they are deadly, but you got to get there. And so this whole notion of like, 
well, if we make the playoffs, it's like a 1% chance we win. No, it's not. And like, 538 is telling me there's a 0.27% <laughs> chance of no. actually beating this team. Like, right. Yeah, that's right. It goes back to the oldest adage, adage that we have doing sports radio. It's why you play the game. It's why you play it the is game, right. man. Yeah, and this and this one, I certainly was not confident they were going to beat Cruz Azul. I thought Cruz Azul, and they did. They they put a pretty good lineup out there. I know that some of the Mexican fans were complaining about some of the choices made by their head coach, but look, the reality is in this game, the crew had to. They knew they were going to absorb a bunch of pressure mm-hmm. and then try to counter. They worked their game plan. And by the way, for all the you want to talk about how good Cruz Azul is and how good the Mexican league is, and it is, they've got a ton of firepower on. The top half of their teams, all those rosters have three or four guys that can kill you if you're not careful. But their defenses, especially that defending on Mensa's goal, He's, great, great by him to bury the header. Yeah. <laughs> but I said on Twitter last night, if if that was MLS defense, if if MLS defenses played like that, <laughs> he'd have ten goals every year. Like there, yeah. there's just no way that should ever be allowed in a big game like this. But he could have still just headed it over the bar. You know, he still I mean, he had to do his job and yeah. put it away and he did a very good job with that header. But yeah, that was that was a complete screw up by their defense. But that's all it takes against. Like I said, against a group of guys who know how to get the job done and the crew have shown that. So, yeah, I'm getting some more excitement and confidence about this team. Getting Josh Williams back is a huge mm-hmm. deal. That has been big. And the last thing I will add is uh, Lucas Elrayon. He is my guy. Love him to death. Last night, he was not good, and that's okay. He doesn't have to be great every game. I expect cool him to, to be great every game. No, but it was cool to see them win a game like this where he was not having his best moment. Now, how he got voted MVP of that game, I will never understand. Darlington Nagby should have won Darlington that run Nagby away. was I mean, the was MVP of that game. He was a menace last yeah. night. He's, well, and, and I felt great for him and Pedro Santos. Absolutely. Even though it's not MLS Cup getting those two guys a chance to hoist a trophy absolutely and and all these guys got to do it finally in front of like a really large crowd mm-hmm. you know they last year there were a, what a few thousand people in the stands for mls cup yeah this year to get a full basically a full barn out there and i know there's a lot of a lot of blue in the stands but the reality is you got to hoist it at home in front of a full house good that's now let's let's get another one of those let's get let's get the one that actually really matters the supporter was, shield let's go for that <laughs> <laughs> a little late for that one. <laughs> I think the math is not on our side. Well, we're not we're not the happen. mathiest podcast, but uh, math not on our side there. So it yeah, was anyway. uh, it, it was tremendous. I, I did think, especially to the point that that you hit home with being able to have Darlington Nagby out there and Pedro Santos get to lift that trophy. Uh, obviously, they weren't able to do that last year with this team. Uh, it was a very very strange year, not only in MLS but across the world, as we know. And for that to be taken away from them, you're correct. Is it going to bring you the same feeling as hoisting an MLS Cup? No, absolutely not. You got to do it in front of your home fans in Columbus, though, and I thought it was spectacular. You're not going to find two better guys to feel better about than those two, and they rightfully deserved every single minute that they got. And I, ho- I hope that the team actually just gave, like, I don't know if Darlington got the trophy last night and then Pedro gets it tonight or whatever. Make sure they have their due time with it. Oh, yeah, of course. And I think uh... – Hopefully there'll be more time for them to reflect on that as the uh, as the season goes on. Because don't forget, um, now we've got more very important games coming up. Not more important necessarily. Yeah. I, I don't know. They're all important is what I'm trying to say. And what you've got now with Columbus sitting just uh, about five points off a playoff spot right now. It's 
it's still going to be some heavy lifting to get back in there. It's you a know, team I that also has seven points in their last three games, though. So it does. You feel yes. you feel okay with this win? Again, it's that kind of rest versus um, part of the season where you're at with Caleb and how he chose to deploy his team last night. But listen, man, maybe the, this team gets an entirely different confidence boost after this and becomes Hellraisers the entire way, hoping uh, that, that w- that's what happens for them and they make a real playoff push now. Uh, but you look at the four, man, they're starting to turn the corner. Is it a little bit too late? Ultimately, we're going to find out. But it's what every crew fan wanted, not at the beginning of the year. You were going for an easy playoff spot, home game, all those different things. Circumstances have changed, but now yeah. try to find your form again and let's make a push. Let's uh, la- one more thing on just the cruise situation. I keep saying last thing and it's not, but I uh, hopefully this will be the last of it. So Sunday they play Philadelphia. Yeah, that's that is you. You want to tell me this is a different team. You want to show me this is something else than it has been. Go in there and get three points because that is so hard to do. Philadelphia just always muddles up a game there. It always seems like when the crew in Philadelphia play, it ends up zero zero or one one. Go in there and get three points. And I'll start to believe more. But the good thing is this. You can throw everything at that game because then you're off for almost two weeks. Yeah. You don't play again until the 16th of October. So go out there, get three points, feel confident, rest up, get healthy. And then when you come back in the middle of October, hit the ground running three games in a week. I mean, it's it's going to be take nine points out of a week. I just that's going to be tough, but that's what has to be done. And fortunately, Two of those three games are at home. Four of your last six are at home. So get the job done, guys. It's right there in front of you. It's it's going to be tough, but it's doable for this team if they play the way they played in this Campionas Cup final. So hopefully they can keep bringing that intensity. Now we'll take a break when we come back. We'll talk about Manchester United. I heard they had quite a day as well. So <laughs> discuss that next right here on Bowdoin Beam United. Welcome back to Bone and Beam United. So Beamer is a huge Manchester United fan. Um, I think this podcast is rightfully like we're about all the soccer, but mostly the crew at Manchester United. So if that's your thing, and this Sunderland, is and well, I mean combined, Brentford we, and Watford, <laughs> Watford, and sometimes we're, Everton. We are a big Watford podcast, <laughs> and occasionally one. Peterborough United. That's right. Uh, that's right. Bone. And a so, neighbor uh, Eric podcast, by the way. And a neighbor uh, Eric. I forgot to give you the neighbor Eric update. How's he doing? He's doing fantastic. He was at the game last night. He was in the south south uh, south end of the LDC, right on the goal line. He said he had a tremendous time. He was very very happy about the result. By oh, the way, I, so. of course, yeah. And 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 I'm not. I'm not against being happy about it. I said yesterday. He yelled, he yelled at me the other day. When what we said that, We about? said the, uh, the cup didn't matter. He was really despondent to me the <laughs> other day. He was very mad. I mean, it matters. I just, everything matters, right? Like, I want them to win every game they ever play. But they're also not infinite humans that have just the capacity to play every game at 100% <laughs> all the time. Like, you have to have guys who are healthy and Unless rested. you're Cristiano Ronaldo, which we'll get well, to in a second. <laughs> No kidding. Right. So unless you have a team full of Cristiano Ronaldo's, maybe you have to manage the roster. That's literally all we were talking about. But yeah, I'm glad. And I like the fact they pulled out, you know, Darlington Nagby came off after an hour. Mm-hmm. So did Lucas L. Ryan. Yeah. Good. Like, pull, wait, no, I don't know. that. No, he didn't come out, but uh, they had other guys coming out that it's like, let's just keep guys healthy. That's what I'm trying to say. So it was good to see that. It actually looked like that worked out. And so now hopefully they're rested enough. They can do something on Sunday. We'll find out. 
Uh, but yeah, let's talk about uh, your team, man. Manchester United, big tilt in the Champions League with Villarreal, and it was looking like it's going to be a one-one draw. Not <laughs> it a was bad looking result. Like it was going to be a one-nil loss. Is what well, it was looking well, like for a while. Well, yeah, but I mean, for like what five minutes? Because then they they scored. Manchester United got back in the game pretty quick. Right? Yeah, but it scored. was going against the run of play. I mean, it well, was true, it yeah. was nuts. I mean, it was crazy. David Haya made I don't know five or six saves in the first half that he had absolutely no business saving. Uh, the Manchester United defense looked to be pretty bad. Uh, please God, Aaron Wan Bissaka and Luke Shaw get back as quick as possible because Diego Dallo is not doing it. Uh, they were just Villarreal was killing him up that left hand side. I mean, it's like all right, just get the ball to the left wing and let's see what we can do here ultimately uh they crushed united and they scored the goal and then two so the second goal well, that goal by Tellus was that was it something. was disgusting that was that was one where i i didn't i didn't get to watch the game i just saw the highlights but i didn't know it was against the run of play but it was certainly not what i think i was getting from twitter which was people were like Oh, I don't know about these replacement guys. And then it's like, oh, never mind. He's good. Yeah, tell us that's <laughs> excellent. Way to go. Good job. So. It was uh it was pretty amazing. So they get a set piece with Bruno and a weird angle on the far right side of the box, right? Like he's probably not gonna put that on target. He had a couple of goes last uh yesterday and it was it was okay. Uh so he played plays this ball to Alex Tellis, this big sweeper, literally backwards to him, across the box, and Alex Tellis just one step left foot right corner across all the Villarreal defenders across all the Manchester United players. Uh, and it goes in the corner. And then at that point in time, bone, you're probably thinking to yourself, okay, United back in this game, old Trafford is starting to feel a little bit more lively and how great is it too? I mean, I know that we mentioned this in the first portion of the podcast, just to have these full stadiums again, like it's great. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah. it's so good. Uh, and so you get back into the game, Villarreal still like continuing to attack. I mean, it was just quite the nutty game. And then you bring on Jesse Lingard, right? And everybody we saw, again, we were at Zaftig down in the Italian village and it was pretty amazing. So we had a few people there and it was, it was great. And they're like, all right, well, you know, it's not West Ham that you're bringing Jesse Lingard on for like, is he actually going to do something? He gets a ball that's played to him. I'm not entirely sure if it was going to be a touch that he meant to do. He lays this ball off to Cristiano Ronaldo and Ronaldo inside of the penalty box when it matters the most in Fergie time at Old Trafford in the Champions League scores again, rips his shirt off. He is a Portuguese God. Meredith was drooling all over the place and it was just it had to happen, right? I mean, it had to happen. It was disgusting. I cannot believe it. If I had to be any other human being for 24 hours, it would be Cristiano Ronaldo. He has muscles like riblet muscles that I've never seen before. I don't even know how you get those. I would imagine when you don't have desserts or you don't drink anything for 20 years and you're one of the best soccer players to ever have a ball at your feet. That's probably how, I mean, it was an unbelievable scene. It's worth the cost of the transfer fee right there. And he's already proving it again. People saying his play is going down. I don't know, man. He looks to be the best player on that team by he's, far. He's, he's been I thought he's been pretty revolutionary in the league so far, right? I mean, he scored a bunch of goals, yeah. and this goal right there is is up there with any that he's ever scored for that team or for anybody in him in all of world soccer. So, yeah, he he had uh, a tremendous impact on the game yet again, and all the pictures I saw too. It was just actually when that happened, uh, we were in the studio, and I looked at Common Man, and I said check out this picture of Cristiano Ronaldo. And he's like, when was that taken? And I said, now it's, this is a current photo of him 
today. And he's like, get the bleep out of it. There's no way that's real. How do you look like that? And I said, I don't know. Because he's, like you said, been one of the best play- soccer players we've ever seen, one of the best players in the globe. But yeah, he's just in, in tremendous shape and he's living his best life. He's scoring goals. Yeah, he's, uh, I get it. I get it. He's, he's, the, <laughs> he's, he's the man. come back and done everything you want as a Manchester United fan. So yeah, we'll see if that, you know, continues to translate. They're, they're in a fine spot now in the Premier League. They want to be a little bit higher, but it's early in the season. Had that you know, uh, think- penalty debacle last week with Bruno just sending it. 45 rows into the old Trafford sky. I mean, it yeah. was uh, not good. My guess, Cristiano Ronaldo taking the pens for the rest of the year. You know, <laughs> you if, I, if I was Ole, I would say, all right, uh, you know, the scene from kicking and screaming, get the ball to the Italians, Just get, get yeah, the ball yeah. to Cristiano. He's going to yeah, score. Yeah. He's the guy. I think that's, that's about the way it goes. So yeah, but I think Manchester United, a tremendous win for them. And uh, yeah, that's uh, <laughs> it was just taken over all of soccer yesterday and I, and all of soccer Twitter. So I thought, yeah, this is this is something we have to bring up. And it, it reminded me because that moment was electric. Do they still do or do they have anything like remember Sky Zone used to have the fans in the booth? Oh, it was great. Would, I don't know if they have anything like that, but they I, need to bring it back. I wish or you know what I would even take? I would even take a Manning cast yeah. for soccer. Like just but but here's what I would say for world soccer, because obviously these clubs are so huge. You could probably get away with having just a Manchester United over the top broadcast, meaning over the OTT. Like you don't have it on TV, but you can like watch it on YouTube streaming or something like Paul Allen and the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, (laughs) no, but I I, yeah, except he like actually know what's going on in the game and don't call it a field goal. (laughs) You know, good when it's not. But anyway, but like in that, I'm just saying, like, I, I would see it being more of a thing where get a like a former player maybe a couple former players and then just have them talking about the game and life as you're watching this. And then when that moment happens, how great would it be to see just a couple legends just breaking it down? I think that'd be, I think it'd be pretty good. I think that's a pretty good idea out of you. I think we should run that up the flagpole. (laughs) Let's see what we can do with it. See what we can try to do with it. Who knows? Um, Now let's talk about some problems going on elsewhere in soccer, because uh, while Manchester United is doing fine, Barcelona is not mm. the latest the latest I saw there is that so La Liga has spending limits because they've realized their teams are stupid and if they don't set spending <laughs> limits they will spend themselves into oblivion like what we're seeing at Barcelona right so because Barcelona I guess there's been more understanding of their finances over the last few years uh, La Liga just announced that their spending cap has been cut by 349 million dollars yeah uh, the there are six clubs in the Spanish top flight that are now permitted to spend more than Barcelona is how crazy for is this that? season it, it's insane uh, 97 million euros is what Barcelona's limit is That's that is total. nothing to them by the 100, way nothing. Like less than a, not even triple digit millions of dollars to spend by comparison Real Madrid is allowed to spend 739 <laughs> million euros so they can spend 650 million more than Barcelona can. So I just if you're a Barcelona fan right now, you have to be feeling gutted because uh not only did that happen, you also got to see a bunch of guys who used to play for your team just looking tremendous out there like just just guys scoring goals, Griezmann scoring, obviously that dude Messi is scoring goals. Like you just Everybody's scoring, and you don't have any of them. And, and you can't score any, and you get your teeth kicked in 
uh, in a Champions League game. Now, the best part about this, uh, so we're recording this at, I don't even know what time it is, 9.30, 9.45 uh, in the morning uh, on Thursday. By the time this hit your, hits your podcast feeds, uh, Ronald Koeman may have been sacked. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, he may have been fired in the time that we're doing this. I'm refreshing Twitter right now. I don't see anything. He is trending on Twitter. He may be fired. Uh, it's just, I don't know, man. You lose Lionel Messi, what do you think is going to happen? You know, you get hamstrung by all the stupid financial decisions of Josep Bartomeu, and all of a sudden you expect a good team? Like, what what did you expect, man? What did you expect to happen when you play like this money-wise? And now La Liga has to come down and put sanctions on you and limit your spending when you've been used to overspending and turning this club into what we know best, Barcelona, world beaters, Champions League, La Liga's, you know, El Clasico, one of the best rivalries in all of sports. And now, like, you are just an absolute shell of yourself. It sucks to see, man, as I'm not even a Barcelona fan, uh, but seeing them go through this, it's just, I, where do you go? Right. I mean, how do you turn this team around and you're hamstrung that much? Like, I, I don't know, honestly. Yeah. I don't know either. And I don't know what the fix is there other than, I mean, the, if you listen to what the people from La Liga are saying, uh, they, they basically, Jose Guerrero is the corporate director for La Liga. And he said that, the team now acknowledges they lost much more than they had initially estimated. So that's why we had to reduce their spending limit. I mean, it it's, it's basically saying like, yeah, we were going to let them spend more, but then we all realized they were even worse with their money than we thought. So we have to really be strict. So I just, I, I, I don't know how they fix this anytime soon. This is going to impact them for years. It would seem. I mean, you would think this is going to take them a while to uncover from. Yeah, I mean, luckily, luckily for them, they have a really good youth academy, you know, like, so they'll be able to, they'll be able to bring players up from that system. But when you're talking about the expectations that were set before you, like they're not going to be anywhere near those expectations. You look at them in the league right now, let alone the champions league. You actually look at them in La Liga. I mean, it's shocking to see what their last run of results are. I mean, they got beat three nil against Benfica yesterday uh, in the champions league league you beat Levante on the weekend you tied Cadiz you tied Granada uh and you beat Hatafe barely like they are in fifth place or sixth place right now I know we're early into the season Rayo Vallecano is ahead of them Real Sociedad is ahead of Barcelona tell me when the last time you've seen a team like that happen yeah and I I mean maybe Barcelona will turn it around and still be a top two or three team by the end of the year but I just don't know how you can think you're going to compete and they they're not a team that has ever resourced the ability to compete on limited budgets. Right. You know, I mean, there are plenty of teams around the world that have figured out ways to say, well, we don't have as much, but we keep our young players to a certain age. We sell them off for big money. Look at Dortmund. We use that money. Look right. at Dortmund. We use that money to plug the holes with guys who are coming off of their big contracts in Europe, but we get them still on the downward slope, but they're still really good. We just don't pay the ridiculous fee. We pay the one right after or it. Or we get them as they're starting their climb, pay significantly I mean, right. less, and then sell them for you know, yeah, hundreds they, of millions of dollars. They yes, they are very good at finding talent and getting it. Like if there's a bell curve to your like talent level, they pay at the start of the bell curve yep. and then on the way back down of the bell curve. But they do not pay at that middle section and. Barcelona's or not figured that how to do that yet. And I don't know that they will be able to just suddenly pivot like that. Well, yeah, they so, just don't have the history of doing it. They don't have the experience of being able to do that. Yeah, it's a totally different way to do business. So. It's like a cultural mindset, isn't it? Yeah, well, because the cultural mindset before was we developed these great players, and then sure, we might sell a few of them, but we'll keep the best ones because we're Barcelona. We'll just pay them. Right. And they won't want to leave. 
And and why would you, right? Inertia is a very tough thing to overcome. So if the place you are, the place you like to be is saying, oh, and we'll make your wildest dream come true financially and no one out there will beat us when it comes to the money, why would you want to leave? I mean, that's how they kept Messi around for so many years. So, yeah, speaking of, by the way, what a what a great goal he had for PSG. That was When they get it else. figured out, man, they're going to be threats. Assuming they keep all three guys, yeah. Right. I like mean, they, they are now. They right now they are. They haven't quite figured it out yet. I mean, the Messi goal was pretty tremendous, and doing that to City is nothing short of amazing. <laughs> like When they figure it out, they're going to be <laughs> pretty fantastic. Like I said, haven't quite gotten there yet. But it was typical messy goal, right? I mean, beautiful pass, beautiful layoff, one step, poof, like goal, goal, goaltender, no chance. Like it's also, it's it's great to see these guys continuing to have success too. Yeah, you know, yeah, I mean, two two of the greatest players to ever play concurrently at the same time, Ronaldo and Messi. They have been the storyline for the past fifteen years, and they continue to deliver at a highest level. Like it's something that we should all rejoice in the fact that we still get to watch these dudes. I know. It has to suck too for ESPN because they just paid all that money to get the La Liga contract. <laughs> I was, I was actually like, going to oh. say the same thing. Like now, <laughs> now your guys. team in Barcelona is like pooping the bed, yeah. and they're not even the draw. No, they're yeah, it's so bad. But back to PSG real quick. Uh, did you catch their uniforms that they're wearing now? Um, I don't. I mean, probably. Why? What was special they, about them? Well, if you look at the, go look up the shorts that you know the guys are wearing okay. this past game because. They kind of resemble like Michael Jordan era Bulls uniform shorts in that they have the like very thick band of. Oh, these are great. Right? Yeah, like they're they, great. I mean, they're great from the standpoint of like they look like it looks like a bunch of dudes wearing a basketball warm up. Like the warm up top, it looks like almost like a warm up top for the jersey. And then they've got basketball shorts on, basically, and they're going out and kicking ass, playing, wearing basketball clothes. I find that very interesting. Well, they are sponsored by Jordan, so I guess that's the, uh, that's the cultural probably, mindset there. Yeah, but it's 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 just a weird thing. Like, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm not saying it's great. I'm saying I I could see myself owning a pair of PSG shorts. Just I would love to like see you in shorts. said said PSG shorts. By the way, <laughs> It'll never I mean happen. that would be they don't make usually my size. The, those come with like the underwear lining too. So you're pretty good to go on that bone. I would pay to good. I would actually, you know what? I would pay the money for the shorts to see you wear them. <laughs> I gotta tell you though, I just I, I I really like the the Jordan brand look that they've got. I mean, it does. It looks like his old Bulls uniform. It's exactly what it looks like. So. Other than the color scheme, obviously being different, but yeah, all right. Well, maybe I'll get some PSG clothes. Yes, I mean, way to jump on a bandwagon right after like they get the <laughs> biggest star in the world. You know what? This plucky team from uh, Paris that seems like a good a good team to hitch my wagon to. Mm-hmm. That's the way I look at it. So, <laughs> um, all right. So, anything else you want to get into before we get out of here? Because uh, no, not really. If you well, are a Manchester right. United fan and you are um, you know interested in watching the game, uh, Zaftig down in the Italian Village does do all the games. I will be there on Saturday. Neighbor Eric, who is a quasi Everton fan, is also going to come along for the ride with me. So. If you're interested in that, we'll be there at 730 in the morning drinking some great beers. We also do peanut butter shots every time that they score a goal. Um, So you got that to look forward to. What's a peanut butter shot? So I don't know. Spencer's the bartender over there, and he has – it's funny too because he's not really a soccer fan, but he's learning on the fly, you know. So sure, like that's a fun yeah. that's a fun thing to uh, to have. Uh, but he's doctored up, I think, because most of the games are in the morning. A uh, a nice little shot to get you going. So it's that screwball like peanut butter whiskey, uh, I oh, think is what gotcha, it is. Okay. And then he, yeah. I think he mixes it with Bailey's, perhaps. I don't know. It's got some like milkshake tendency to it. But they ran out of screwball yesterday, and he did it with a Jameson shot. Boom. Mm. I mean, it was like. 
an Ooh. iced Irish coffee. It was pretty fantastic. I bet that would be pretty great. I might have to join you just for the peanut butter. You're shots, always so. invited. You know you're always invited. Will they, will they throw on my beloved Watford after your Manchester United no, game? No, but they do show all Peterborough United games there, too. <laughs> Wait. I'm just, I no, can't no. get Watford? Come on. <laughs> they do have the pub pass, they? so I'm sure we can get the Watford right, game we'll rolling. We'll get the Watford. They're playing Leeds United. It's a big deal. Watford. Big game. Hanging around the top ten. Getting ready to just keep it going. Mm-hmm. Before you know it, Champions League. Here we come. Uh, probably not. All right. That's it for us. Enjoy the last week of games before the international break, and we will talk to you guys next week. Thanks again for listening to Bone and Beam United. <laughs>